This episode is brought to you by MParticle, the API to every marketing and analytics platform. With MParticle, you don't need a lot of SDKs bloating your app. I don't even know what that means. It's purpose-built to help brands solve modern data challenges, and MParticle's customer list is a who's who of brands such as Airbnb, Spotify, Hulu, Postmates, and Venmo. Visit mparticle.com slash decode and learn how mparticle can help your business simplify its app and accelerate growth. This podcast is also sponsored by GoCD, an on-premise, open-source, continuous delivery server by ThoughtWorks. GoCD gives you complete control of and visibility into your deployments across multiple teams. To learn more about GoCD, visit gocd.io slash recode for a free download. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher, powered by digital media. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as a mergers and acquisitions expert, by which I mean I merge suddenly on the highway and acquire speeding tickets. But in my spare time, I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas and how they're changing the world we live in. You can subscribe to Recode Decode at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode. And while you're there, leave us a review. Today in the red chair, I have finally got the great Quincy Smith, a partner at Code Advisors, an investment banking firm that advises companies on mergers and acquisitions, as well as raising money. Over the past seven years, they've worked with companies like Spotify, Living Social, and something called Revere Digital, the company I started with Walt Mossberg that used to own Recode. In other words, Quincy is my banker. This is very exciting. He worked for me, but Full for free, so that was great. <laughs> now, Quincy was previously the CEO of CBS Interactive's longtime media person. Uh, way back in the 90s, he spent five years working at Netscape, where I met him when he was 12. 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Quincy, welcome to the show. You don't look a day over 13. Kara, thank you for no having problem. me. No problem. It's a pleasure. Is it? Now, just try to talk in the microphone and be cogent and intelligent, um, and that should work fine for us, right? I don't like to talk. So, you know I know, but you're going to. We're going to talk all about kind of acquisition. We're talking not just of yours, but the whole media landscape and where it's going. But let's talk about your background a little bit. You started off at Netscape. This was a zillion, million. I do remember meeting you. You did look 12 years old, and you were, like, irritating and obnoxious, and, and you, you jumped all over the place. You were my slightly older sister. Yes, exactly. So, explain what you were doing there. You, where did you go? You were first somewhere else. You were was at Morgan Stanley. Right. So, you started off as a banker. I did. Mm-hmm. Don't think less of me. I, I always think less of you. Don't worry about that. We're uh, already so, starting from a low bar. So I uh, came out of Morgan Stanley and was harpooned by Jim Barksdale and mm-hmm. Peter Curry yep. to go over and work at Netscape. And, and why? I, How did that happen? It was, you know, it's worth a conversation for all the entrepreneurs out there, which I am not. Mm-hmm. Um, the object was a slightly schizophrenic job. Mm-hmm. It was both investor relations and corporate development, which right. meant you get to talk to Wall Street, but that not really tell them about what you're up to. Right. Uh, and I loved it. I love the team. I love the growth. We can get into that all you want. But when I decided that I wanted to do it, it was reasonably unheard of. To right, it was. Yeah. Right, Chu, Morgan Stanley. And to great credit of Frank Quattrone, he was who I was working for at the time. He was delighted that I got out the offer and more importantly said, take your two weeks, leave now. Uh, to which I said, Frank, was I really that bad? <laughs> you, uh, you don't need me anymore. So we, but, but, and he said, no, you're going to go over there and you're going to do a lot of deals and you're going to pay us a lot of fees. Right, which exactly. Which is exactly what... Which you did. did. Frank always gets paid, doesn't he? As he should. Yes. Um, so you, but you wanted to stay in banking, but you wanted to work for a company that wasn't I did. unusual. And that one was sort of the hot company at the time. The sec- well, was the 90s, the mid-90s. It was the mid-90s. Netscape was already public. Right. So it had started to do some things. Right? And how can you resist the 
allure of Jim and Jim and Mark and mm-hmm. Peter and Mike Homer at the Mark time. Mark Andreessen? Yes. Mike Homer. We can get to Mark in a second, too, mm-hmm. because as you know, oh, we he will. introduced me to my lovely bride, mm-hmm. which most people don't know he yes. has that skill set as well. He does. But uh, so I was going there. The second meeting I took was with another person who should be unnamed inside of the Morgan Stanley Halls. And I said, I'm thinking about going to a company. And the guy responded and said, you know, you're not going to be as challenged. And I find that very interesting as somebody who spent time in both the service organization and, and the companies. Companies where you work hard because mm-hmm. you own everything all day. Right. And it's on you to dig it out and it's on you to make something work. So at best, you wake up with sort of saying 65% of my day, I think I got it figured out, but I got to fight like hell for the next sure. 120% to make sure that this is a good time. It's mm-hmm. hard. It's right. super hard. And I would say that's probably a lot of reasons to why Bankers who go to companies almost never go back to banking. Now, I've done that twice. Yeah, you went back to banking. Um, and the reason I do that is because I think you become a better banker because you know what the CFO says to the CEO across the table. But mm-hmm. the real allure is why in the world would you go back to banking after you've spent time right. in a company so actually building things? Netscape ended up being a disaster, really, pretty uh, much. Well, I know, I, I know. Think Legendary disaster. For sure. Well, what happened there? Well, as you may know, companies are not run like Excel spreadsheets. Mm -hmm. We were in three different businesses at any given time, um, and we went through a lot of transition period with some really good team. I actually view it as a victory in the end, and I really credit the team that it was with. This was in the day of pooling and purchase accounting. Mm -hmm. So you had this deal where the Great America Online, Jim Bankoff, but obviously Steve and And Bob and all those guys sold, signed on the deal at, I think we announced it at a $4 billion sold, market yeah, cap. Right, $4 billion. And it closed at 10 And so I'd say overall, Jim Barksdale always reminds us all uh, in his own non-arrogant way that we made money for any shareholder who had been with us from the get-go, including the IPO. Sure. Now, that is But that wasn't the goal of the company. The company no. was to change the way I think, computing was done. I think it absolutely certainly helped set up a good thing for people to expose themselves and get introductory introduction to the internet. And what from that, the a lot of other things there? From, When you look back, what was the mistake that it made? I know you can say Microsoft killed it, but it wasn't just uh, that. Microsoft is ruthless and with unlimited resources. Yahoo was there doing incredibly well on mm-hmm. certain things. And we were getting good advice and good counsel from a lot of people. But I don't look back on it as a, as a failure by any stretch. I look back at it as all the other things that it could have been. For mm-hmm. sure. And I think a lot of people do. I think the most important thing Netscape had going for it, which is what a lot of these winners have it, is a great team. And that team has been with the Valley yeah, for quite went, some time Yeah, they all went throughout. elsewhere. and did. Really, it's very much like General Magic or some other companies that do that. They, went, they right. went elsewhere to succeed. Mike McHugh was there. A whole yeah. bunch of people. But there. as a learning experience, it was absolutely perfect for mm-hmm. what, it, what it was doing. And I was um, incredibly proud. We actually sold a company to Mozilla the other day, mm-hmm. uh, which was super fun right. because you get to work with some of those sure. guys again. Right. Absolutely. So then you went on and did an investment firm with Jim Barksdale and That's right. Peter Curry. Yes. I am not a good investor. No, apparently not. Like all good bankers who think they're good investors, it's a problem because, you know, you are kind of like a Labrador and you love everything. Mm-hmm. So the question is, when should you stop loving it? And I can't help myself. You love every right. pitch that comes in and every entrepreneur with a dream. So the hardest part about investing, I'm always told, is you know when to come out, not when to go in. So uh, I'm not a good investor by any stretch. Um, so what 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 did you invest in? What were the, some of the ones? Uh, the Barksdale Group was about a. Let's see, we did. We ended up profitable, meaning we did return 
money. Okay. So, but not much. But not much in a yeah. time that was very difficult. Yeah. And I would say there were a lot of professionals around us, and I don't think we were as professional. But mm-hmm. now you've got Danny Reimer out there at Index, mm-hmm. who's proven that you can be a venture capitalist. And obviously, Jim's doing most of his time mm-hmm. uh, now, you know, giving back to the world. Mayo Clinic and right. still on the board of FedEx and Time Warner. And, right. And then there's Peter, who's... Uh, Been on the board of Twitter and... Stuff Absolutely, like so, as you know, endless talent. Yes. Um, so you so you went there, and then you went to a bank. You went back to, Al- yes. to Allen and Company. Actually, Mark Andreessen introduced me to Herb Allen and mm-hmm. Kat Hontis in the same month. So, which is your wife? And your single-handedly, and your job yeah. and your wife. Yeah. Absolutely. And why did you want to go back to banking? I never really left it. I always thought about these things in terms of transactions, and I and I like thinking about it that way. And I, I like, frankly, I'm not smart enough to have my own ideas, so the best thing I can do is go around. Two options. Either I could be like you mm-hmm. and write about them, mm-hmm. or the other is to help them build. Right. So what, give me some of the ideas of the deals you did then for, for Allen. Inside of Allen? We did a lot of work with a lot of companies on the Internet space. More importantly, I think, um, for that, you know, Alan doesn't like to talk about itself very much. So yeah, I but you laugh a so little right ahead. Even then, we have to be sensitive. I just had a great experience there. But I did. I worked on some stuff involving AOL. Mm-hmm. I worked on some stuff with Google, all with other partners over there. Mm-hmm. It was it was a good experience. I helped it. I like to I like to build Are it. Are internet companies would... different from other? Absolutely. Dealing with them, how so? So let's talk about that. So right. that's the beginning of. I get your segue to media versus tech. I have some other things to talk about, but let's. I know we'll get to them. Right. I'm in charge of this frequency, so you might as okay. well just stop right now and do what I say. By definition, media companies, which is where. You know, I spent a lot of time with with the client base over there, and why I ultimately went over to CBS. You know, media companies' job is is really to be defense isn't the right word, but it's to be up there and 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 smart about the assets they have. Mm-hmm. Um, when things get tough in media, they tend to consolidate. Right, get uh, bigger. When things get tough in technology. They you know really laser focus on the product and really don't buy anything at all. So if mm-hmm. you looked at a investment banker stock chart of um, Time Warner or Comcast, you'd see if, if things are under t- under pressure, they think, well, well, what else can we buy to get our fiefdom bigger? Or how do we mm-hmm. expand things? Whereas in tech companies, actually, that's the time when they don't buy things. Right. Uh, that's when they really focus on what is going on in the product. But if they wake up, you know, the next morning, their stock's on a tear, they're like, hey, maybe the market's trying to reward us, trying to tell us to do something. More importantly, inside the culture of entrepreneurs, when one zigs, the other zags. Inside of a media company, that's less the case. If Iger's doing something, more likely that the other... Sorry, yes, Bob Iger's doing something more likely that the other moguls will follow suit in terms of what he's doing than have a differing opinion just because there's too much risk around it. Right. But both businesses are really fun to work with mm-hmm. and more fun than ever. And there are quite a few of us that think about this is sort of, I think Ross Levinson calls it the 344, the, the miles between San Francisco and right, LA. Right, that's right. He was going to start a blog. Exactly. Site, yeah. Try to help. And New York obviously factors in, London, all everybody. But the difference between programming with the keyboards like we do up here and programming mm-hmm. with the couches and the offices that they do down there. Right. So, so you went the, from there to CBS to run CBS Interactive. It was an interesting time. Yeah. Talk a little bit about what happened there, and For you need sure. to be specific. Of course. I went and joined Leslie Moonves mm-hmm. and the team over there. First, we bought CNET, right? We bought CNET. We bought right. Last FM. Right. Um, we were in there with a charter of Interactive is going to be bigger. It's going to impact uh, things the way they did. I had a huge advantage going for me going in there, which is that we had bought Sportsline. Mm-hmm. And Sportsline might be one of the greater examples of a complement, how mm-hmm. technology can complement traditional media. Uh-huh. So stepping back for one split second, and then I'll, I'll get into it. If you think about it, newspapers, they didn't get obliterated by the internet, but some bad stuff happened because of the internet. It was mm-hmm. At least it exposed to them the difference between how many people were actually reading it versus where the ad dollars were. 
in music, I actually think it's a stutter step. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think pricing just changed, and mm-hmm. we're seeing that transition now. But if you talk to Lucian over at Universal now and what the great things that Spotify are doing with that or other, even Apple, whatever, they're enjoying a better understanding of where their business is going from now. So it's mm-hmm. a recovery. Video has actually, if you think about it, never been negatively impacted. Mm-hmm. It's more windows, more ways to get paid. So as smart as we might have been up here marching down to the old white guys in Los Angeles and saying, your windows are going away, give us your content. Instead, they said, no, 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 actually, we're going to build a Netflix window. And sure enough, on every analyst call, Netflix is now a big part of that. But so are all these guys in the ecosystem. And right. if you expand that out to the MVPs. So they resisted Netflix. Come on. They resisted. They did. But in retrospect, now you think about it, media, video is the one media product that has flourished because of the internet. And you compare that also to what some of our mutual friends at Comcast now, not only do they benefit from that you know, SVOD and over-the-top stuff right now, but they've also benefited because they sell data, mm-hmm. which is more or less a raw margin play. Right. So it's actually been quite good for video-based companies on the internet. And one of the first assets we had bought prior to my being there was Sportsline. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it that I noticed was when you play fantasy sports, something I know, Kara, you know well, Mm-mm. right, you become more of a fan than ever before. You play it on the Tuesday through the Wednesday after the game. When the game's on on your beautiful plasma screen television in your living room, you're more apt to watch it. You're more apt to communicate with your friends. You're doing injury report, reports, player statistics. Sure, your phone is up and on, but you're not watching the game on that. You're mm-hmm. watching it on the screen. Right. So if you're Coca-Cola, you can now wrap your user on all screens and for many more days. A perfect compliment. Right. And that's where sports always in this. And I used to have these conversations with Sean McManus, who was running CBS, both news and sports at the same time. It was, hey, why aren't you coming over to news to talk about it? Because there is no news fantasy. That doesn't exist. So if you're not breaking it real time with the robots of Google, then you're going to be in trouble on the web. You can mm-hmm. still do your features on Plasma, but it doesn't work this, as well as sports. So you've got to always think, if you think about what is the fantasy, and that's one of the things we encourage the entrepreneurs that are looking in the media is think about what your fantasy equivalent is and go to these guys with Match It Up. Here's how I can grow your business bigger, not here's how if your business is coming down, you don't. So right. we buy CNET. Right. The deal on CNET was I had known it forever. I'd loved it forever since mm-hmm. Netscape days. Halsey and Shelby were always great entrepreneurs, and we were always having a good relationship mm-hmm. out there. Nobody's without their drama, but the fact of the matter, they were, they were super fun to deal with and, and always growing. And I'd always looked at it when I was at Allen & Company. I'd done some work for it. But the object was, how do you find something that does something in a space that your media company understands? Mm-hmm. News, sports, and entertainment. And that's what they did. So it was just content on different screens for that laid out that right. way. But you think about it in retrospect, and you have your Vox hat on, uh, we did it for $1.6 billion on a revenue basis and on a bottom line basis relative to some of the other guys and where they're playing even now today. I'd view it as a good deal. Mm-hmm. We're quiet about it. CBS is particularly quiet about it. It doesn't disclose it or break it out. But CBS Interactive, now run by Lanzone, is a super able piece of property that actually Jim can now expand Because then out. you went and bought Wall Street Week. That Wall thing Strip. Didn't, Wall Strip didn't work so well. Wall Strip was a good idea. Yeah. I think we lost execution. Go- That's on me, not on for, anybody for else. There. What were you the going? object was, how do you think about next-generation content? Right. So one of the ways so I look tra- at that. They were trying to do a BuzzFeedy kind of thing which, way before. So, and you're, well, you're not nice ever, but mm-hmm. you're pointing out that, yes, I think maybe there is room for a different generation of content. If you're Kinsel at YouTube, you'll call it neck mm-hmm. content. Or if you're somebody else, you think, what are the shorter things? I notice that HBO is doing that these days with that high maintenance thing. Rather than it being 22 minutes, it's it's sort of three sets of, of seven. Mm-hmm. And that's more and more what consume. I think the argument is kids are goldfish or you know, millennials are like goldfish and they can only watch something for seven minutes. We all don't believe that. But the fact of the matter is that kind of cut up content might work. You know this better than anyone, but high maintenance originally came out of 
Barry Diller will, right. who was an IAC property. So the fact of the matter is they licensed it to HBO and it went. There's an argument that that kind of stuff would work. You look at YouTube or you look at the growth of Facebook, and that's directly attributable to that. Mm-hmm. So another thing that that gets into is we think about, you know, is it going to be, for lack of a better word, professional content? Are you going to stream CSI on YouTube? Which Will that work? Or are you going to put up previews and clips of, of but, CSI? What I think they were trying to do was create their own so they could bypass those people. Correct? Or, or At not? scale. So the opportunity of the internet for most media moguls is to get to understand their audience better than ever before. Because there's now a That's whole, what you were doing with CNET? Everybody was trying to do that. How do you figure, figure out. out where it was? And right. with, with CBS, it was easy because you had 93 million of the captive audience right there. So you knew a lot. And David Poltrak ran research and George Schweitzer in marketing, Joanne mm. Ross in sales. These were people who had been doing this for Mm. decades. But they weren't where everybody was watching. But they paid attention to what was happening on ours and they could play it up to their grounds and they used me. Mm -hmm. They used me a lot on that, like a lapdog on some of those kind of things. And Mm -hmm. it was a pleasure to be around people like that. They were so professional. I know, but I want you to be more analytical. I mean, the concept was to get on the internet, to get themselves some Yeah, to be self-sufficient on the internet. And by the way, and inside of a media company, if you have a P&L, if you don't have a a P mm-hmm. on that side, you're going to well, be in the That's the problem. House. Everybody else was doing experimental stuff. So you've got to find profitable businesses, well, which that's is a what problem. we did. Then they don't get that good. They're, They're not the really good ones. At scale, you can get them to go to 40 margin. Yeah, but that's not the point. I think a lot of media companies treated them as if they were profit and loss things you're, versus So you know, now Instagram you're making a distinction a, between whatever. a platform like a MySpace right. or whatever. Right. But you get a lot of learning out of those. The culture is the thing that ultimately breaks it down, and that's why it was so important. I think Leslie... You know I'm going to suck mm-hmm. up to Leslie. I you have are. to suck up. Please He's don't great. Suck up to He's Leslie. awesome. So embarrassing. These guys are rewarding. Him I get for all He's the good right at the TV reason. thing, but the digital he, thing is harder. He understands how content works, and he understands how to get audience mm-hmm. to content to audience. I think James Murdoch is smart on this stuff too. Mm-hmm. Pound for pound, he's one of the ones from his. But you could Sky see they miss the big moves like the Facebooks and the and Instagrams and everything else. Yeah. For yeah. sure. But the fact is they're learning and I think they'll be back at it again. Mm-hmm. Whenever again a time of consolidation is upon us as it is in media, they're going to be back looking. All right. So when you left CBS, you went and did this, which is where we're going to go. We're going to take a break in a second. But yeah. you, So you went and to become a banker. I have more to, to talk to you about than just that stuff. I don't right, talk I about banking We're not going to do banking. We're talking about where trends are going. We want to go. So when we get back, I want to talk yeah. about where trends are going. But then you went back to banking to, in order to facilitate this Absolutely concept true. between old media and new media. And just because there was so much entrepreneurialism going on up here right. too. But, most of our business. But I want, what I want you to think about is the idea between, like, how do you bridge that gap? Because it still seems unbridgeable. It still seems Fair. continually. Yeah. And where does that change and how well, does that change? You have as many answers as I do. No, I do not. I'm just going to rely on you. But first, a word from our sponsor. Personal robots will soon be a part of our daily lives. I recently met one that I think you'll love. Her name is Curry. I really enjoyed meeting Curry down in Silicon Valley. She's adorable, she runs around, and she gives you her opinion. She's full of personality. She'll make a great companion for your home. She recognizes faces, so she'll get to know you, your kids, even your pets, even if they don't want to be recognized, such as my cat named Lovely. You can communicate with her. She listens and responds with expressive eyes and her cute language of beeps and chirps. Curry moves around freely. She'll learn the layout of your home and knows to avoid obstacles like your cat. And she's a great help to have around. Have Curry check on your kids, your pets, and whatever else you want to have checked on at your house when you're away. She can keep you company, too, following you around the house and playing this podcast, which I think is the best use of any robotic device. She'll even be your eyes and ears while you're away, showing you what's happening right from your phone. You've got to check out Curry. She's available for pre-order at heycurry.com. That's H-E-Y-K-U-R-I dot com. Go to heycurry.com today. 
I'd also like to tell you about Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Normally, I would ask yes. Peter who he talked to this week, but I'll just tell you, he interviewed Glenn Beck in front of a live audience at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Glenn Beck is now known as the reasonable conservative when he used to be the crazy conservative. Now he's reasonable in the new administration. You can find Recode Media on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm doing live interviews at South by Southwest, too. If you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, Monday, March 13th, then I'm interviewing Tim Simons and Matt Walsh. From Veep, today at noon, Central Time. That's at the Nat Geo Further Base Camp in downtown Austin, and it is free and open to the public. And tomorrow at 9.30 at the Austin Convention Center in the morning, I'll be interviewing the founders of Crooked Media, Tommy Vieter, John Favreau, and John Lovett. So if you're in town for the festival, we'd love to see you at these tapings. For the details, visit us at recode.net and listen to these really great interviews we're doing from South by Southwest. So Quincy, uh, this is Quincy Smith, who is a banker. He is a man about town. He's a, a wearer of socks and sneakers. Tell me what you want to tell me here today. You want to talk about the media tech intersection and where it's going. I want to hear some trends from you. What's Where do you see the big players right now? I Who's do. important? I Thank see you have you. a chart here, so I'd like to have you explain your chart. Like all bankers, we come better prepared be with printed out PowerPoint. Okay, I'll try. Right. Otherwise, you can just turn it off. Oh, I will. But the fact of the matter is, um, I think media is undergoing a big layer of what I would call sharks and minnows. Oh, sharks and, and minnows. And if you think Ooh, about the way that it's going yeah. up and down, the question that everybody's asking themselves is, am I going to be a shark or am I going to be a minnow? Meaning, mm-hmm. am I going to be part of the consolidation? I think we get the metaphor. Or am I going to be, okay. Right. okay. <laughs> then the fact of the matter is it's starting now. Obviously, uh-huh. AT&T is making a move on Time Warner yeah. and that shows get somebody down on the stack moving up the stack gonna to pass. use the software. Uh, my own personal opinion yeah. on that, based on nothing, certainly mm-hmm. no conversations with anybody because mm-hmm. not involved in the deal. Yeah, it should pass. Yeah, I'm sure it's not without its trappings. There are probably yeah. pieces of it CNN. that won't work yeah. going in the overall. But yeah, all right. So, so they're out. a minnow. Minnow, Time Warner, which is an ironic, ironic concept for yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. But in that particular case, yes. But there's obviously much more that they need to do. Right. That that was given mostly by the playbook of you know Comcast saying Brian Roberts waking Buying. up one day. Who NBC. you think about? You have to think about these mobile on individual lines, right? Mm -hmm. So Brian Roberts, you know, he is an entrepreneur too. He grew up with Comcast in his blood. He's 100% willing to sever his leg to get into the right market if he needs to be. There's no defense there. He thinks about it. Uh, He won't. It turns out he's done so well just being offensive and leaning into things. So buying NBC was early. So this is, AT&T is doing a similar thing. And now look at the investment they do as well. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing about that is you are a a product of that Mm -hmm. having had NBC invest in Vox is will they learn the same amount by not owning and controlling? And Mm -hmm. will they realize that the good entrepreneurs won't always be owned and controlled, but instead they don't mind having 10%. Right. That'll be interesting. How would you do that? Such as NBC buying Snapchat. Snapchat. These guys are going around the corner saying, I'm happy to give you 50%. Well, are those the right entrepreneurs that you want to have that happen Mm -hmm. to? And how does a media company work with these companies to learn and make sure it, it it lets it grow and is fragile. Obviously, you and Bankoff, mm-hmm. you're veterans in the space. You're going to understand what it's like to have someone as an investor like that around you, and you'll know how to work them to your advantage. Mm-hmm. I see CNBC all over you as much as I see mm-hmm. NBC so and everything else yeah. is the way. That's why the makeup is So well. talk about so sharks and minnows. Go all ahead. Right. So in that world, I think a lot more consolidation is going to be upon us inside of it. Inside of so it. So let me give you an example 
Well, okay. So on that, I see a lot of different players happening. I think there's a lot of questions about some. And there's always, in the Sharks and Minnows game, a Megalodon that lurks in the back, which a is Liberty. Megalodon. I'm trying to get all right, it all right. colorful okay, for you. We've got you. a Shark, a Minnow, so, and a Megalodon. So the Megalodon is like Liberty. Liberty. Liberty owns pieces of a lot of things. Right. It might not own so much in ownership, but it owns a lot in vote. They have mm-hmm. control. So Stars merges up into Lionsgate. Now Lionsgate combined. Those guys are thinking about a very smart things around direct path and how they get to their audience directly. Mm-hmm. And how long will they have to do that? What do they do about discovery? And how do they think about, you know, Sirius and all those other things that they're around? Mm-hmm. You've got Iger, Disney, who has been absolutely flawless. If you think about all the acquisitions and everything they do, now they've got well, arguably a chink in the armor or two. Maker. And, well, I was thinking more about whatever they're going to do. Yes, there's probably okay. a few things going on there. Mm-hmm. But they have a great team, as you know. You know Jimmy mm-hmm. and you know the, the team in our world, but you also know Kevin and the deals that those guys do. They're smart, and they're thinking about what to do next. They're going to need a safe platform. They're going to mm-hmm. need something they trust that's not raw, that really helps them understand how to get so, closer to the audience in that look side. Look at their looking at Twitter, the, the rumors, of the, which they did. I mean, we try not to make rumors on things that are around that. on that topic. But, but the what fact would be the, the thinking is, behind that? I would think that that one would be a little different. The thinking on that great, is the platform. Right. So you have to think about what is that platform I'm going to trust where my so brands Disney. can be out there right. and and make sure that my guys get exposed to, my people get exposed to all the content I want them to get exposed and so much more where I get to learn more about those people. Sure, okay. Right, that's the that's the plan. But the question is, is it too raw? Is it too, is there hate speech too much? Hellscape, a, the hellscape a of Twitter. Right. brand. Right. And they have to pay attention to that. And mm-hmm. they, they really do a good job of making sure they, they monitor. Well, so that's... And by the way, they move so quickly on that, mm-hmm. right? You look at those mm-hmm. guys and they're so devastated that that happened right, and right. what a terrible thing to do. But they, they move fast. It wasn't mm-hmm. for them. And that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. Culture matters in this one. Sure. CNET mattered. That's why that's why it's out there and that's why Lanzone's right. doing such a good job for them. Right. But the fact is there's going to be a lot more consolidation. A lot more consolidation. Of me- you're talking about media companies buying internet companies. Media companies Let's buying media first, first then media companies buying Internet, internet companies, companies. absolutely. Or Assuming internet companies buying media companies. Well, is what so most that people think. it's interesting that doesn't happen that much. It's G- never happened. Generally, because things that you and I know, there's drama involved in creating content, yeah. and it's not easy to do. Right. I think that obviously Reed and and Hoff- Netflix try have, to name these people. Sorry, Netflix. Reed, Reed Hastings. Hastings. Mm-hmm. Love Hoffman too, but mm-hmm. Hastings has done an amazing job inside of Netflix, really taking a technology platform and architecting it towards being good with content. Ted Sarandos as a hire is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. If I was to pick on something, I think the next wave without a doubt is Amazon. Mm-hmm. It's got every piece around it. And by the way, it plugs that into Prime. Mm-hmm. So you plug it into subscription-based models mm-hmm. where you're going to put that content and put it there. The reason not to get too catty, but the fact is you're going to need real talent over at Amazon who really understand that. When okay. Netflix hired Sarandos, that was a real effort to say, I understand Los Angeles is going to be a big part of me. New York is going to be a big part of me. Making content is, I got to figure out who to get over there that really understands right. it. But so let's, far, pick, let's pick on Kinsel okay. and YouTube. This is so YouTube. Kinsel prior to, Robert Kinsel prior to being number two inside of YouTube, was at Netflix. Mm-hmm. He had a healthy respect and understanding of content. What's more, he didn't know how to program, program code up north. That's mm-hmm. the definition. So you think, how did that work? It's worked mm-hmm. because they've really understood where the where the content Although is going. Although some people I argue do they not haven't. see YouTube buying a lot of content right. ever, ever, because I don't think it is in the DNA of a company that thinks that analytically mm-hmm. and has worked so well doing that that they're going to take those. All right, kind let's of moves. start first. Let's get to the internet companies. Well, let's go back to things. Amazon. And, all right, we'll go back to Amazon in a minute. But the media companies buying things—they've sure. had a mixed record on a lot of these Absolutely. things. They've closed a lot of them. NBC bought a bunch. 
years ago. Disney bought a bunch, didn't work as well. What do you think they should be looking at if you were a media company? I think you you want to find a platform with entrepreneurs you trust that are going to stay because mm-hmm. you buy it as much for what it is today as what this team will help you unearth in three years. Mm-hmm. And I think that's incredibly impressive. You've got to hold on to that talent and you've got to have it around. By the way, I haven't right. left CBS. I'm still that call if Lanzo needs anything Certainly, or Leslie needs CBS. something. But I will always give him advice. Sure, of but that's course. different. That's different. It's, the, it's the, a lot of internet people don't want to work Most for Most of that companies. team is still there and it has to be. And right. that's a huge tribute to how they acclimated. Mm-hmm. But by the way, that's a mature, successful company that has a bottom line. Right. And that's impressive. And mm-hmm. that's the way that they should do it. So you have to be careful. So what do they have to be looking at? Because a lot of these things are highly valued. There's a, you know, there's a bit of a bubble around them. So you have to find a platform that's going to work for your audience. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if Snapchat, if it's true, and I've seen a lot of press even coming from you that might not say it's just about the certain demographics, but let's pretend it is. Mm -hmm. And if you're Viacom, you're looking for that kind of audience. Mm -hmm. That audience is hard to, to find. If you're... I don't know, I'll make one up, but if you're if you're Fox News, you're probably mm-hmm. not looking for that audience, right? right? So you have to match it. And you have to match it with entrepreneurs who have like-minded sensibilities about where they want to be. Mm-hmm. There are a fair number of advantages of things that, that get acquired and actually go on and do incredibly well inside those places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're right, that's few and far between. Vox, Vice, BuzzFeed have all shown great examples. Of those are investments. Absolutely, but they can figure out how to work with these companies. Mm-hmm multiples of them, which is actually good. And in is that media, the future of them? Are these companies investing money if in like, the way NBC has yeah. been investing? If or they're successful. That's Disney. what I think. But in the meantime, the media companies will keep getting bigger because there will be more and more consolidation around mm-hmm. them. Between and among them. The, the curveball of the platform companies in tech. So here's the thing that's different than when we were in our Netscape mm-hmm. days and you were in Boomtown World. The incumbents are not slow. The mm-hmm. incumbents, Facebook, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple – they're killers. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about this stuff. They're innovating every day. They're buying AI companies. We sell companies, by the way, to Airbnb these days. We sell mm-hmm. them to, you know, to Uber as much as we sell them to to Google and and everything else that's going on out there. Right. But they're smart. They're not installed base, slow moving. They move incredibly quickly to deal with it. I think Facebook is pound for pound incredibly well set up with Cheryl on the board of Disney to really understand content. Mm-hmm. Facebook's a place where I can actually see maybe I would watch. Uh, new girl on my Facebook platform. Mm-hmm. I understand that very mm-hmm. well. Twitter's done an amazing job, I think, with the live video defined as here's a place to go. What Twitter did was actually early on, it tried to do something like fantasy sports to be complimentary. Mm-hmm. When you tweet, I'm watching Game of Thrones, and you clicked on that link, your your HBO Go didn't launch, your set-top box turned on. Right. Nobody wants that more than a media mogul to happen. Mm-hmm. So if you can figure that one out, how do you, how do, you do that? That's so, a good thing. So with, with these media companies, with these internet companies, do you see them buying, like doing what no. NB, at Comcast? Why is that? What do they do? I mean, if you're Jeff Bezos, do you need to own like a Time Warner or a I think, Fox? Or I whatever? think Amazon is a real exception here. I think I think you'll know that they're getting serious about things in media when they bring talent around that is recognizable from reading Variety. Okay. Variety. Not being, starting with, say, a Jill Solway, who's done so wonders for them. You want to think about stuff that is actually out there with people that are known name brands that mm-hmm. they should bring on and say. Except they've done rather well making that. stars out of new things. They have. Mm-hmm. But I think for the big stuff, if you really, the beauty of them is they're trying to tie it to Prime. If they try mm-hmm. it, if they tie it to Prime, that's a whole different element. Mm-hmm. That is what media was at scale. Oh my gosh, I've got a subscription service around it. That's mm-hmm. HBO, right? Mm-hmm. I've got these people, and the way to keep the subs and keep them more entertained is to throw more and more content at them. But you're right. If you look at the, at the blueprint, of how much more they've they've invested in and, and Hershorn, Jason mm-hmm. Hershorn and Media Redefined points this out every day. It's three, four billion dollars each between Netflix and Amazon mm-hmm. going out. And the distinction between that and three years ago, if you look at it, is actually they're not buying 
you know, old bones episodes anymore. Mm-hmm. They're actually investing in their own original content. They're competing effectively with the so media company. So do they have to therefore own a media company necessarily or not? They I can don't just do think it they do. I think they need some DNA in there that understands the media companies. Mm-hmm. And I think they have to be willing to accept those things. And there's some things there that I learned about in a major way, which is there's magic there. Mm-hmm. And and tech companies don't understand magic because they're very analytic and, and grounded and so far it's working for them. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is nobody's up here desperate enough, and by up here I also include Seattle, to think, and that includes Microsoft as well, to think, oh my gosh, I've really got to do a curveball. Let's put a bid on the NFL. Right. I don't see that happening. You don't see so. that happening. Well, no. they can't right now. Big licensing they? deals, maybe, yeah, but can't for the most part, right no. Now. It's complicated. Or they're, they're locked up like NBC. They can all afford them, for right. sure. But, right. they're but they haven't done that. They've done little Contracts. experiments around it. That's right. But we're going to talk about that in more of like how much watching is moving around. I want to see what's more on this chart of I Quincy's still here. T- oh, you go you through it. Just, I will unhear them. All right. I'm waiting for you. We'll be back with Quincy Smith, who is a really irritating investment banker in the media and tech space, whom I know for far too long and far too long. Anyway, I'll be back soon. This episode is brought to you by MParticle, the operating system for mobile marketing and analytics tools. Success as a content or commerce company these days requires you to have a great mobile experience, but the operational complexity is enormous. Legacy web solutions don't work for mobile and native tools require lengthy integrations, which mean a lot of overhead risk and complexity. That's why you need modern data infrastructure built for the mobile era where APIs are becoming the primary storefront for brands. MParticle makes it simple to collect data once and integrate all of the tools required to run your mobile business successfully at scale. To learn more, visit mparticle.com slash decode. This podcast is also brought to you by GoCD, the on-premise open source continuous delivery server created by ThoughtWorks. With GoCD's comprehensive pipeline modeling, you can model complex workflows for multiple teams with ease. And GoCD's value stream map lets you track a change from commit to deploy at a glance. GoCD's real power is the visibility it provides over your end-to-end workflow. So get complete control of and visibility into your deployments across multiple teams. Say goodbye to deployment panic and hello to consistent, predictable deliveries. To learn more about GoCD, visit gocd.io slash recode for a free download. Commercial support and enterprise add-ons, including disaster recovery, are available. We're here with Quincy Smith, who is my husband. No, he's not. No, he is my friend. He's been my banker. He's also a really interesting gadfly around Silicon Valley. That's a good segue. Gadfly. So talk to me about these things you want to talk to me about. Tell me these trends. All right. No, let me tell you first about you. Don't get all thinky on me. No, we're not going to talk about me. I think it's important. All right. We can edit it out if you decide. No, we don't edit anything. Let me tell you why I mean you are a pro. Right. Okay. You're a pro for the following reasons, and I think people should know it. All right. It's because anything you hear, you validate. Yes, from other I sources. do. I check. That's yes. incredible. One of those important. crazy people. And the thing is, is that if if you're sitting there minding your own business and you get a call from a journalist mm-hmm. where you want to be helpful because you should be helpful because it's sure. part of the ecosystem and, and that's the way that that, that world works, mm-hmm. what you say is, I'll tell you what, I don't know anything about this, but hopefully I can give you two people who might be able to help you. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing you can do. Right. And more importantly, for those that are pros that really deserve it, you could say, I haven't heard anyone asking this type of question before. If I hear someone else, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that somebody else might sure. be around on it. That's Sister. the way to do it. And a right. lot of people don't know that. Now, mm-hmm. they're very well so advised your point being. by great teams out there. You're a pro. Okay. You always act that way, and you have great relationships, right. and there's a reason for it. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for that ad for Kara And Swish's your brother reporting. saved my sister. Right. I don't want, we're 
not going in that. We're not right. going into that. Now Keep let's going. talk about media, where it's going. So we, so you have this big chart here. So sharks and minnows, meaning either you're going to be bought or get bought. Meantime. Let's talk right. meantime. In meantime. the meantime, the tech companies aren't really buying as much right, right They're now. not buying not what you said. Not the major ones. Right. And that's because- And they don't seem to want to. They have like, other things to do. Well, mm-hmm. Ruth Parad made some good comments at the Morgan Stanley Conference mm-hmm. last week where this she talked- This is from Google? Yes. CFO of Google, uh, who's doing an amazing job. If you think about it at scale, Google could run more or less like Berkshire Hathaway. It's right. got this core that's own lots doing of so well and mm-hmm. own lots of things and do stuff around it. But what she said is we're not averse to the idea. If a good idea comes up, we'll think about it, which right. is right. It's keeping an open mind right. on it. Right. The fact of the matter is they're not buying as much right now versus mm-hmm. in the days when David Lowey was out there mm-hmm. buying a ton more because it's a different stage that they're at, right? Mm-hmm. Every once in a while they wake up and say the market's rewarding on this. Let's go buy Nest. Right. And let's think about this space. Let's yeah, go into this space. So well. I, but you got to give them credit for the vision for understanding sure. more about where things sure. are going. And by the way, uh, Facebook, another way, they do all their big acquisitions when they're when they're on runs. And the Instagram, WhatsApp, all those things, never when the stock was under pressure. You right. tell me the stock so was under pressure. So what did they do? What did, do but it was. Let's talk about them. They yeah. have an enormous audience. They do not, most of their videos are not directed in the way of a Netflix like experience or, or things like that. For do now. you see them doing that? Because they talked about it on the last call. They said, we could get into content. Yeah, I have a theory about them. Which I think them. made Amazon nervous, made a lot of other people nervous. Yeah, I have a theory about them, and it's it's really it's really from a, a bit of a distant view. I mean, we have the time to spend a lot of time with them because they're great, and they're, but we don't spend as much time as we probably should on that. But my theory is this. My, my theory is that it's probably, Facebook is probably responsible for a fair amount of YouTube's growth in the last five years. <laughs> Why is that? At, because I think a lot of people, people watch YouTube videos on, on Facebook. Shouldn't they get them off of there so immediately? So that is nuclear war. Mm-hmm. So as you know, in the old days in browser war. I called war, them both about this they, issue. It's a fa- and who's launching what ad and where. Mm-hmm. At some point, maybe something happens. But for now, it's kind of this thing mm-hmm. that just happens. And YouTube continues to grow and Facebook continues because to grow. Because YouTube videos are being shared on Facebook. And nobody's given data around that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it's an interesting phenomenon to well, think Facebook about. Facebook knows. That is also to say that Facebook's time spent is actually, by definition, therefore, increasing quite mm-hmm. a lot. And that means it set itself up to be a viewing platform. Right. Right? Other platforms aren't as much. You're not on Snapchat for an hour at a time. Mm-hmm. You're on Snapchat to do your thing, get off, and then get back on. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's a fundamental difference. That's why I think pound for pound, Facebook is set up very well to be a next-generation media company. Really? And in fact, Sheryl Sandberg is on the board of Disney. So you, you she understands that. But, but what do you mean? Do they have to own it? Do they have to no, make content? They don't have to make content. In this case, they might be the best licensors. I because see. they think about this stuff and because they have a team that really understands how to do it. So you see them doing long-form video? I there, think or? the video should get longer, but it's based on zero understanding of right. how they're th- about. Would they buy something like Netflix? Could you see them doing that? I think... Also, larger story, who's going to buy Netflix? Is it going to get bought? Or I don't know if it wants to get bought. Right. You know, it's funny. Reed Hastings, amazing guy, because he was the product of a merger of equal a long time mm-hmm. ago, just thinking as a banker. So mergers shouldn't be against him. He hasn't done much, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of arguments say, so far it's working, so why right. would I, right? right? And I think he's got his head down and he's kicking butt. So mm-hmm. he's going to probably do that all day long. But what I think should happen is I think, you know, I think – that in that world, if they were like sharks and minnows like media, then mm-hmm. you think there's Amazon and Apple, and and we haven't even talked about re, 
repatriation of cash, which mm-hmm. is relevant yes. to a lot of your mm-hmm. political mm-hmm. Um, interest as well, and directly relevant because when most people throw out that number, like I don't know, seven hundred trillion dollars mm-hmm. are coming back this way. Think about the debt to equity ratio, which is bankers speak for for every dollar of equity in, you can basically put three dollars of debt. Mm-hmm. So it's actually three times as much. So yeah, it's enormous. They've got a lot of cash and to spend. It, just to throw a little bit of of, of banker stats around on on you on this, if you look at the semiconductor industry, which mm-hmm. you and I haven't had to look at for quite some no, time, but it is goodness. super relevant mm-hmm. because at the end of a cycle in, 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 in this, there have been more deals done in the semiconductor industry in the last two years than in the last nine. Mm-hmm. So in, by market cap, meaning as something ends, as something sort of closes in mm-hmm. in technology, they all they all merge with each other. Mm-hmm. And that is what's happened. So now you think about what's that next level. All right, so semiconductor industry has transacted more in M&A by market cap in the last two years than it had in the prior. All right, so nine. why is it relevant to media? Because and- as you think about toward a certain stage in that cycle, so media might be a stage in that cycle where it's time for consolidation upon us. That's the sharks and minnows. Mm-hmm. But if you think about our world, the world you and I cover a lot mm-hmm. of the time, social media or internet overall, rather than it looking like it's coming to some some finite end of some kind of, of whatever, all of a sudden AI pops up. And you could make the argument that AI is going to extend that cycle even further. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of M and A in the in the raw internet sector because a lot of the guys that are that are big in the incumbents mm-hmm. don't need to buy anymore. Google's making that point, right? Mm-hmm. Netflix is saying I don't need to merge anymore on that stuff. Amazon is saying I don't really need to do it. If you're Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, as somebody who's passionate about it, I think why don't you have a music service? Why don't you have a you know look look at Pandora? Why mm-hmm. the heck wouldn't you look at Pandora? Because it's right out there. It's got U.S. users, but you can turn it global in twelve seconds. You should mm-hmm. think about that kind of stuff. Right. Where there's that business, or if it's the online stuff, so they why don't, don't you? You're saying they don't. I don't know if they do or don't. They're smart. They look at all kinds of things as they right. should. Peter's there. Jeff's there. They're all good at what they do. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say that, but it's just interesting to me that nobody's made that move. Right. That shows that they've got enough stuff going on that they're doing well. Well, that they're, shifting. They're focusing on it. Why didn't any, why did everyone look at Twitter and then not buy it? Was that more the company itself? I know you were involved in one of the ones. Um, I, look, I, here's what I'd say on this. I, I'd say um, I think Twitter's in a good place now where it's going to put its head down and build on its product. Okay. And I think everybody knows that. And I think Well, they don't have a choice. You can't buy stock in an open market if you mm. aren't going to be doing that. So you're going to be doing that. So that's that's where it is. Right. And I think some of the things they're doing in video, et cetera, make sense. I think Japan's valuable. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of stuff that they're so doing. So you don't see a lot of activity in this space. You don't and by the way, I would also even say. Even with all this cash rushing back. So that's the, the thing. That's the thing. So I don't. Trillions come back. Right. But Apple, we've mm-hmm. sold a couple of companies to Apple. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a that's a. You know, that's a very unique experience. And the, and the fact of the matter is, um, I don't know what they're going to do now. They could because they got so much cash. They, they could, could go France crazy on this stuff. Want. All the things that, that are written about. What do you think of that idea? You want to leverage that deal? You make a lot of money. Uh, there's going to be a, quite a few heads on that one. But, uh, sure. We'll <laughs> all right, no, but what do they do? They have all this cash. What do they do? Like you can see Google spending a lot of money in the cloud. When you have this kind of cash from a banker perspective, mm-hmm. there are three things you can do. One is you can buy back stock, which right. is almost never heard of in our world. In the right. media world, it's heard of all the time. Right, they do that. To Two is you up. can dividend it out, mm-hmm. right? They don't like to do that. Well, Microsoft thought about that, right? right? So there are a couple of companies that can think about that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And the third is, yes, you put it to work. Right. And and it's that, that'll be really interesting around it. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, mm-hmm. you got all this other stuff going on in enterprise software, which we haven't even spoken about, okay. right? So now you got to think, you're at scale. You're you're Google, Alphabet, you're Apple, you're Amazon. You need to support that kind of growth. You're Facebook. I think Facebook's growing at 46%, something mm-hmm. like that, in mm-hmm. crazy numbers. Which at is the, hard at to the do. It's hard. So what are you going to buy? Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody says, what's the next Facebook? Well, freaking Instagram was the next mm-hmm. Facebook, and they bought it. Right. right. <laughs> so they figured this stuff out. Right. So the question is, um, what are they going to do next? And that is where the, the rumors come of like, you know, will 
Will Google, and you know better than mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of fingerprints in there that think about enterprise. Is mm-hmm. there an enterprise play for yes, Google to make to grow? Salesforce. There could be. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in there that they're going to start to think about as to, as to do it. In the meantime, they might have assets that aren't core to them that they'll say, maybe it's better if I drop my ownership down to 40% as opposed mm-hmm. to own 100% and give them some other people maybe float it as public. That'd be the Berkshire Hathaway move. Mm-hmm. And I see them kind of doing that. That's actually what Liberty did, right? right? So you think about how they, they get out there with Right, but that. not making these massive acquisitions. I don't see them doing it. Yeah, yeah. What about Apple? Apple's always an enigma, mm-hmm. always complicated. Hasn't They're really so bought well anything run. that big. They're so Pete's interesting in it. You know, and I know when the rumors came out um, about Eddie Q thinking about buying, you know, a content lab. You knew that that was just wrong DNA. It's mm-hmm. not his style. Mm-hmm. It's not his style. Mm-hmm. He does so well supporting all these guys. Right. That, that why would you? But do they that? are getting into shows. They show that off at Code Media. They, they showed off. They their, do. Yeah, that was impressive. Why do you think that's going to go? Uh, I They've think been pretty slow, and they kept saying, "Well, we're interested in media," but they didn't. They weren't quite all in. It seemed like it was a little bit like, "We'll see." the The problem again is it's not zeros and ones, mm-hmm. and there's a real. You have to have a real skill set, and at the corporate level, you have to have tolerance for that skill set. Right, right. Uh, they the seem reticent. That's what I would say. The, right. His interview was reticent. Like, hey, we're going to try these two shows, but it seems to me if you're not going to go all in, you're not going to do well. Mm-hmm. You're not going to take a big risk. And on the, other, on the other end of the spectrum, Amazon puts it all in for Transparent and, and other shows and, and The Man in the High Tower and Incredible. makes enormous like Yeah, Manchester impact. by the Sea. You know, I was talking Not to Jill Soloway, who's coming to the Code Conference, and she, she was talking about uh, that she's selling paper towels. She's like, I'm selling more paper towels. That's from, what I mean you? by I said, tying yes. it to the yeah. prime. You yeah. tie that to the prime yeah. membership. That's what people yeah. come well, back. Well, then I sent her in. I said, tell Bezos you want a piece of the paper towels. That's a better value proposition yeah. than anybody else has. Sorry, Jeff. So they've really figured that out. That's yeah. why I think Amazon probably has the biggest opportunity right. in media right now. Right. That's not an insult to Google by any stretch because right. they got bigger opportunities in other places. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, remember, as a banker, we've got to love all God's children. Right. But the fact of the matter is, Amazon no, could really make a run on media here. Right, right, right. You see them doing that. Is there anyone else? Facebook, maybe. 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 Facebook is the the one that all media companies don't view as a potential enemy. There's no side of it. There's no side of it that that they come up and say, yeah, I'm happy to talk to you about this, but please don't put the fiber guys in my my (laughs) meeting. All right. We're going to end up talking about, is there any other things in that chart you want to bring to my attention? Because I want to talk about fake news and stuff like that. You've been in the news business. So I want to end up uh, like a few minutes talking about fake news. And and what do you think that poses a threat? Like these companies, you know, Mark wrote his 6,000 word essay, his Harvard thesis he never turned in on that concept of the idea of community. Do you think that these companies are starting to get uh, their responsibility in media, that they have that they have a responsibility and that they need to do something about with that responsibility? So I think you, look, this is going to sound like a cycle as well, so so I apologize in advance, but I think the way that you've been handling this is, is remarkable because you need to, many people around our community need to remind us all to keep everybody honest right now. Mm-hmm. The one thing I've noticed about this is that it is, and we can get the personal out of the way as well, I'll, I'll handle that in a second, but but the fact of the matter is we need to be vigilant mm-hmm. about making sure that we don't go the way of some other areas and trends seem to be saying that we're going, and we keep everybody honest. Mm-hmm. And I think that cannot be done without people making comments like you're making and making sure that we're constantly reminding us of, of uh, ourselves of, what, of what's happening. What there. do you think of the issue? Has Silicon Valley understood its impact on news and media yet? Because they don't no. seem to. No. Why? Because uh, they control deal. enormous Zeros amounts. and ones versus couches, and it's mm-hmm. a different kind of programming. You mm-hmm. put it that simple. But they still have impact. They absolutely have impact. And mm-hmm. they're not wrong to, th- to think about it, but they think about it in, in very 
uh, very well grounded, you know this, high-end academic ways Mm -hmm. that don't always apply to street fighting. And Mm -hmm. street fighting is absolutely required in what a lot of people do. Here they are stuck. Like right now, I think Google and between them, Google and Facebook has sucked up all the advertising dollars pretty much. Uh, yeah, online. it seems like Snapchat's getting in Sna- there as it's well. It's getting in there, Twitter's but it's tough. Over, but right, yes, that's it's right. tough. It's, it's pretty much Google. But I think Snapchat was, what, the fourth fastest from zero to a billion, or could be. True, but it's still well too small, still right? too small yep. comparatively. And then Twitter was the fastest from two to three, right? which is super interesting. So yep. they still don't take the responsibility they have as media companies. They don't like to even call themselves. Why would Do you they? think them, them as media companies? No. If it's a media company, then Google works as hard as it can to get everybody off its site as fast as possible. Yeah, okay. That's a true iron right, Google. Okay, all right. No, it sells advertising. It offers right. advertising, but I don't think of itself as a media what company. What do you call it? Facebook, I think, does because I think it deals with engagement. Mm-hmm. I think being a media company absolutely at its core is about engagement and, and content programming. Programming mm-hmm. defined as curating mm-hmm. content Even if you don't make audience. it. Absolutely. Distributing mm-hmm. it. Media. Absolutely. But in this particular case, I think Amazon's thinking about it, but it's commerce, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so the question is, can you marry content and commerce? Towels, I'd yeah. argue that Yahoo tried to do that for a while. Mm-hmm. I'd argue that some of these guys try to do it more and more. You could argue that Refinery29 is out there trying to do that proposition mm-hmm. right now in a very specific space. But if they can back that in, I remember you know, thinking at first about, wow, once we bought CNET, wouldn't it be great if we went up to Amazon and said, well, now we can put reviews up on your thing. And I realized from the Amazon's response, do you have any idea? We're dedicating 100% of our pixels to commerce, right? i.e. commerce pretty good business. Right. I don't have time for your content on the right. side. We don't so need it's it. just a DNA issue, right? And yeah, now all of a sudden they're it. getting more used to that. That's Time difference, number of prime but users. But it's if they can sell more stuff. Absolutely. Right. And then and then you go back to the media the media uh, folks. I think content is always going to be king. I'm mm-hmm. biased. I'm trained mm-hmm. to think that. I think that it will always be at its core, and the pure plays will always have a place. Okay. The question is where and at what level do they and and how do but they think? Does Facebook have the same responsibility that say a Vox oh, Media or this. New York Times have? Because I want does it does it take that responsibility seriously, or do you think if it you, just if you, it's a great question, of course. If you think about it in media terms, I think the same question is, you know, does Comcast have the same requirement as yes. CBS, right? If yes, because they own NBC. They're NBC. That, that's not, so take NBC away. Well, you so can't. in the in the NBC. end, they're, they're when fulfilling somebody their goes obligations. on stage and yeah. and does something wrong on a halftime show during a Super Bowl, who's mm-hmm. accountable? Is it the platform that delivered it to you? Well, that is or a very is it the good content? question, Quincy Smith. You've actually flummoxed me. That's if you really... look at the way that the the courts decided it, mm-hmm. it's the content. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about that. That doesn't this mean that the platform shouldn't be at. That doesn't mean that the content that the platform shouldn't also feel accountability. And you all know mm-hmm. the beauty of the people that we deal with day to day up here. Right. They're not arrogant. I always, I always think of that mm. as like, it's not arrogance. It's a little bit naive, but it's a little bit academic, and it's a little bit. I got other things I'm paying attention to. Right. All due respect, right. but they're certainly willing to entertain, and they're certainly smart enough to to listen to it and to try to respond. We had the same issue with YouTube. What ten years ago when they were doing beheadings sure. up there, and they're like, they took a stand, mm-hmm. and and they realized after it was a cut from the editor after much pressure. But there you come with the pressure. It wasn't their first. The instinct. one thing that this guy has done is galvanize people to actually pay attention and get get oh, involved. Drop and I hope and guy. I hope that carries on. Mm-hmm. Right. I hope, and I think the smart ones are thinking about two years from now, not four years from now. And I and I love that they are. All right. So last question: What does the media company of the future look like? It's not Rupert Murdoch for sure. It's not, or is it? Or is it just going to be? I own Fox News. I own a thing. I, th- I make Wolverine movies. I think. But well, what is it? Because it can't be what it is. Because of the interwebs, I think mm-hmm. media has made it so that it's it's not only it's. It's opportunity. It's its requirement. It's mm-hmm. its mission that it needs to understand the audience directly. 
So before you could put up a show and you could make sure that people watched it and at the end of the month you would get a check. That's not exactly how it works, but you would get a readout mm-hmm. of how many people watched it and then you think about it sometimes the next morning. But I think now more and more you've got to be closer to your audience than before. That's an opportunity. It's not a threat. Mm-hmm. And you've got to understand that this is a chance to actually be better at programming for this audience. Mm-hmm. The problem is that takes an analytic mind as well, as well as a creative one. And so I think at core – analytics becomes much more central to media companies. And I, I think they know it. They know it. And are, who is your favorite media executive? Don't say Les Moonves. I love right? Leslie Moonves. Right, whatever. What, who, Everything okay, for Leslie Moonves. But, but, but do you think about the pure play in Lionsgate? You think about a lot of plays in there. There are a lot of great media people mm-hmm. that really understand it. I tell you what, I don't know who would want Bob Iger's job. Mm-hmm. Because you think about it, he's done oh, such an incredible you job. Pick? You could put that. Well, I was wrong. Who would you but put in there? I was wrong. But if you, but if you think about I didn't it, say you were you wrong. Got, Who would you put in there? I, you think Bob Iger's not there. Okay, Bob goes and runs for president. Whatever, he's not doing that. Before. I think you. I mean, again, I don't know that company well enough to be able to say. But I, I think, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people were surprised about Tom Staggs. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of um, focus around it. So I think, you know, the one that they always say for a deal is is Reed Hastings. Yeah. Then I'd say what you and I both say, Reed's pretty happy where he is right now. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty hard thing to do to walk into an organization like that as the new person. Yeah, fair point. And you walk around the corner, you see every other president on there has been doing this for 35 years, all yeah. due respect. So yeah. you got to think about it. You got to think but about it. But you need succession planning. And there is a little bit of a weakness in a lot of areas of the next-gen media of Media mobile. companies, right? Yeah. There really doesn't have yeah. that anymore. No. I can name a few names, but they don't have them. They mm-hmm. don't have them like what you and I see every day up here. Right, absolutely. Where you have strong number twos either leaving to other places yeah. or strong number twos moving up. That's super impressive. And they do have a a secession all right problem. last question yeah. tip for an entrepreneur what mistake did you make quincy besides meeting me <laughs> <laughs> meeting you was <laughs> saying one of the yes to lunch that day did. 20 odd years ago. tip for an entrepreneur not all businesses are run like excel spreadsheets okay and when we think about companies because we're a merchant bank as well mm-hmm. we say it's an independent mm-hmm. bank anything but say boutique the fact of the matter is the first question that we always ask ourselves going in any commitment committee whether it be mm-hmm. to invest to help them raise or to help them sell <laughs> is what is the team like because you know that company is going to move in and out, pivot, as they mm-hmm. say. Uh, but the key is, what does that team look like at core? And can mm-hmm. it can it survive through all that? Right. So don't look at the number. The team matters. The team matters. The team matters, without right. a doubt. Yeah. And that's from Netscape days. So I won't ask you about Uber right now. Anyway. The team matters. The team matters. All right. Quincy Smith, thank you so much. That was very instructive. I learned a lot of things. I agree with you on a couple of things I didn't think I would. Right. But thank you for coming by. Thank you. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes, including some really fantastic interviews I've done with AliveCore CEO Vic Condotra, New York Times columnist Tom Friedman, and investor Aileen Lee, just to name a few. All those interviews and more are at recode.net slash decode. Now that you're done with this, why not try one of our other podcasts, Recode Media with Peter Kafka, comes out every Thursday. On Fridays, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from our events like the Code Conference, Peter Kafka's Code Media, and Jason Del Rey's Code Commerce. Thanks for listening. Thanks also to Digital Media, which distributes this show. Thanks, too, to Eric Johnson, who produces it. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. Remember to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode. And make sure to visit Recode.net for all of the details about our live podcast at South by Southwest. We're really looking forward to seeing our listeners there. And just because we like you, we have even more good news. This week, there will be a bonus episode of Recode Decode. If you're listening to this episode the week it comes out, then you should look for a bonus episode on Wednesday. Tune in then. 
For companies to succeed today, they need builders, and builders need tools that allow them to innovate. The problem is most cloud vendors don't offer the range of tools builders are looking for. Amazon Web Services is a leading cloud service provider giving builders the reliability and security they need. AWS pioneered cloud computing over 10 years ago to help any business from the small startups to the biggest global enterprises create their own applications and manage their workloads. By listening to what customers want, AWS is adding more features and services than any other cloud provider while consistently reducing prices. So if you'd rather focus on creating a business instead of an infrastructure, check out podcast.aws. Learn how AWS can help you build a better future today and let builders build.